0: After a couple of false starts, <laughs> we have the Mungrel Punt pod, Podcast, number nineteen. We've had a few things fall down in the under the bed studios this afternoon, um, through no one's fault, I might point out. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I'm here with the lovely Mrs. Mungrel. Shove it. <laughs> who? Um, a couple of facts about Mrs. Mungrel today. She is one of my favourite people in the world, if not my favourite person in the world. But she does order salads when we get takeaway. I'm a bit appalled by this. It was
1: so good. It wasn't a salad. It was a festival bowl of salad things.
0: (laughs) A festival of salad. That sounds like the most boring festival in history. Hey, it's the salad festival. Uh, No thanks, I'll stay home. (laughs) Is there any meat involved? (laughs) So Mrs. Mungrel uh, ordered some salad. Other people in the house had uh, milkshakes and burgers, I believe. Well, I had a milkshake. And our youngest daughter procured this milkshake, and
1: smashed it. You didn't get any.
0: Not much at all. And also, I
1: celebrated our anniversary, which is today. Yep. Thanks everyone for your
0: well for your well wishes. (laughs) With a salad. That's the kind of people we are.
1: That's how how I feel about things.
0: (laughs) I'm just going to continue on like I didn't hear that. So Mrs. Mungrel, also one of the the people in the world that puts Richmond's groping saga to shame. Um, oh, yes. Oh. Very difficult to walk through a narrow kitchen with uh, Mrs. Mungrel in the vicinity. Yeah. <laughs> um, would I call it sexual assault? Look, <laughs> it's a very, very fine line. I believe it has to be unwanted to be sexual assault.
1: Don't you be walking in front of me. <laughs> yeah.
0: How dare you wear pants in this house? <laughs> so, Mrs. Mungrel, just uh, quickly, benefits of membership at the Mungrel Punt.
1: Oh, well, I don't write for the members. That's a big benefit right there.
0: Oh, I think we'll be dropping a, a bit of a 1989 grand final uh-huh. review very soon, penned by Mrs. Mungrel herself.
1: Is that with Dermot? I love Dermot.
0: It is with Dermot. Dermot uh, doesn't doesn't fare well early, but bounces back quite strongly.
1: I could get enraged by that. Yeah.
0: You will. I'm going to leave you alone in the in our in our vast media expanse, <laughs> which is our lounge room. Though we do have two TVs, which is great, so I can actually watch the footy and not annoy everybody else. But We've had other stuff this week. We've had our 30 best 20 and under players, which has got a lot of traction. Uh, a lot of people joined up to to read that one, so I was very happy with that and didn't get a lot of complaints about the rankings. I'm sure that people would have their own, and that's fine. You get early access to all of our good, bad, and ugly game reviews, and given we've got games every day at the moment and every evening, there's a new one going up every night, basically, and you get early access to that, so you get to read it before everybody else and tell me I'm wrong then I can change stuff before everyone else tells me <laughs> So we're we'll ha- to So we'll be having the the Port and Richmond game up early, West Coast Carlton game up early, St Kilda Geelong up early, Adelaide and the Crows up Adelaide and the Crows, Adelaide and the Pies up early and the Suns and the Bombers up early this round. So, so what
1: you're telling me is that members get early access to things early. That's but, what yeah, I'm Yeah, early here. before everybody else. Yeah, right. Yeah, brilliant.
0: Brilliant. not late. Brilliant. Not late. So you also get our wingman rankings, which I've written here. Wingman rankings. Ooh, that'd be interesting. And maybe I'll do that as well. <laughs> Defensive rankings and player rankings every week, as well as additional members only content. And we appreciate every person that signs up, it keeps us independent and gambling ad free. Woo. Yeah, pretty good. Otherwise we'd be massive hypocrites if we took money from gambling, given I pay out on them all the time. I'm they... pretty
1: hypocritical, but I'm
0: all right with but it. But Sportsbet pays out early.
1: Hey, like you. <laughs> Early, like you. Early, like me. Great.
0: Big week in football, Mrs. Mungrel. Was it? Well, yes. <laughs> an 18-hour turnaround from round 10 to round 11. Uh, yeah. Look at our wingman rankings out about an hour and a half ago. Uh, the def- defensive ones will be a little bit late because we are doing this and then getting ready for the game in about an hour, which is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, however... Oh well, we got our, our ten things about Gab Rossi last night. I was up reviewing the game of the, the, the Giants and the and the Bombers game. And an email comes through from Gab Rossi and I'm like, what the hell's he doing at this time of night? And I forgot that actually ended the round and he was sending through the ten things that he learned from the round. I'm like, Well why's he sending it now? I'm like, Oh yeah. The round actually ended on a Friday night for the first time that I can remember ever. So that took me another hour after I'd finished the review to, to get that one up. It wasn't pretty wasn't pretty at
1: all. 2.30, you came to bed, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yep. Anyway, we're going to move on to the Richmond grope gate. Ooh. Ooh, this is right up your alley. This is your sort of thing. I think you should write an expose on... Groping. Groping. I mean, you've got a lot of experience. <laughs> Just
1: because I harass you
0: constantly. I don't know what's, what's in this, to be honest. it's It looks like a bunch of blokes being idiots with each other, right? I'm pretty sure Mabior Chol, the guy who it was initially directed at, came out and he had no real issue with it. Um, The players involved said, look, it was probably inappropriate, we're sorry. But some people bandied around accusations of sexual assault in this regard. I'm not really sure that it crossed that line. I think this is more your, well, it's more your change room kind of stupidity and antics that dudes get up to.
1: Well, it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. It matters what Joel thinks.
0: Yeah, maybe you know. Maybe he's into that sort of stuff.
1: Maybe he's very much like, "Can you stop touching my junk, you weirdo?" Yeah. <laughs> because that's or, probably what I would
0: think. Or else I'll do it to you. And Nick Vlastuin's like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll just stand here."
1: I mean, doesn't it weird anyone else out that they're all standing around and this guy's just grabbing another gun well, Apparently, um, Jack
0: Jack revolts. Been filmed doing it as well. Why there was are they footage doing this? from the West Coast Eagles a couple of years ago. They, they've, they've been doing it, has been happening it's, as long as there's been team sports, really. Guys just being inappropriate and being stupid with each other. And then, honestly, interestingly, I
1: side eye anyone who does that. But
0: interestingly, I read on Twitter today there's a, there's a girl on there called Georgie Parker. She does the AFL broadcast. She was Australian hockey player as well. And her banner picture on Twitter was all the hockey girls with their arms around each other and her hand down on her teammate's bum. So they're all lined up for the anthem or whatever they're doing. They will got their hands and she's just grabbing a handful of her teammate's bum. And I'm like, it happens across all sports. Uh, you kind of got to have a relationship with that person like that, you know, you you got to know them and know they're not going to take offense. You wouldn't have a bloke that's just coming from another team and you're there grabbing him on the dick.
1: Uh, yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> well... I've only done it three or four times. <laughs> but no, you you wouldn't. I mean, it opens up a real can of worms to me because the press are always going on about how they want extra access to players. They want to be in the change rooms. They want more access to players. And then they have these instances where they have the cameras on them after a game. I don't believe there's any... They're not mandated to have cameras in there. And the club's like, okay, yeah, you can. So they have these moments where... They're privy to this kind of footage And they're like, oh, look at this It's it's sexual assault in the change rooms and stuff And I'm like, I wouldn't blame the clubs at all If they went, okay, no problems, we'll just um, take the cameras away now, guys You
1: know what, though? It's, just because it's the dumb thing doesn't mean it's it's the right thing Or a good thing, or should be happening I mean, for God's sake If that's your go-to move of groping someone You probably, you could try a little bit harder to harass them Saying that, knowing I grope you constantly <laughs> And I could try harder to harass you.
0: I think you try pretty hard. (laughs)
1: But in all honesty, I mean, what about those players that are deeply uncomfortable with it? What about those players that have been sexually assaulted and are just like, "Mm, God, I just have to put up with this. This is awful.
0: If I was in that change rooms and that sort of stuff was going on and someone said, mate, I don't like that. That'd be the last time it happened you wouldn't see someone else going up to them and grabbing them on the bar or or doing anything. it's basically a statement would would end it you're you saying to it be should tough be
1: tough enough and respected enough to say don't do that again and have it listened to
0: yeah true i suppose i suppose that by playing it down too it could be seen as the afl or the club or the players endorsing a culture where unwanted touching is accepted
1: yep well, so, oh, that was very insightful
0: Very For me? Yeah Well, you know, I'm a victim of it in this house <laughs> oh,
1: I won't touch you anymore if you don't want me to
0: I didn't say that
1: She says, knowing she won't actually yeah. listen to herself <laughs> Forget that.
0: as soon as we walk out the door <laughs> I mean, yeah, so it, it's, it's muddy waters And whilst you're on live TV It's probably not the time or the place to be doing that If it is acceptable in your club or with. Certain players and they don't, they don't care, and it's a bit of a back and forth thing. Then, while the cameras are on you, it's probably not the wisest decision to do that.
1: I actually just don't know if it's a wise decision at all these days.
0: Well, let's there's some food for thought for someone in this room. <laughs> not us. <laughs> <laughs> no. Speaking of the media, there's been a bit of a discussion during the week about independence in the AFL media. Now we had Damien Barrett, who was an employee of the of the AFL. He writes for the AFL website. And he was speaking about uh, the the standing down of Mitch Cleary, who's also an AFL employee. And he posted the deleted Brooke Kotchen Instagram post. Yeah. Where she went off and buggered off and got got a facial or whatever she did. Yep. And was stood down as a result. Now, Barrett came out and defended the AFL and said, well, they were right to do that. They were within their rights to do it. And I'm like, yeah, because they pay you. So, Tim Watson, who hosts the, the morning show on SEN, breakfasts, with Gary Lyon, basically took him to task on it, and the two had a bit of a war of words going back and forth. And one of the better lines in it, I thought, was Barrett speaking about Tim Watson giving Essendon advice during their drug saga. How did that turn out? I was like, Whoa, wow, he's, um, he's swinging for the fences here. <laughs> but one of the things that stood out to me was... A Barrett basically saying no one in the media is independent at all. Everybody's owned by someone, they're beholden to someone. And I'm like, we're actually not. We're small enough that we can get away with calling things as we see them. And
1: yet we are, because if I don't like something, it doesn't fly.
0: Yes, well, I did release our...
1: Try saying something bad about... I don't know, who do I like? Anyone?
0: Damn it. Oh. I wouldn't say anything bad about Dermot. Not I like Dave Dermot, straight. Uh, but you've ruined my train of thought oh, here. Sorry, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no one in the media is independent, Euron, except for us. You're saying?
0: I was. I was definitely saying that. Mm,
1: and then I just burst it.
0: You did, but but you know, people basically. I posted this on one of our um one of our articles saying that you know our members actually keep us. Honest? Independent. Oh. Well, I wouldn't say we're honest.
1: <laughs> I really... When I said keep us honest, I really felt like an uh, over-60 overweight politician there.
0: Mm. So one of the examples of you uh, exercising your authority was our 30, 20 and under players that I released during the week. And I wanted to call it the barely legal team. <laughs> and you said they gave connotations of um, young, nubile women thereby uh, making it a bad idea.
1: You've got four daughters, punk. <laughs> I do have
0: four daughters. <laughs> I don't want them to be on a barely legal team. <laughs> oh that would be terrible. So, yeah, anyway, I, I just thought I'd uh, point out that there are avenues for independent football coverage if you look for them, but obviously they're not mainstream.
1: You know what? Mitch Cleary should never have been stood down. Brooke Cotton shouldn't have been such a massive idiot and... Oh.
0: Speaking about swinging for the fences. not
1: got a facial. Just the fact that so many AFL people were stood down from their jobs because of COVID and she compromises what the AFL have done to keep things together. Yeah, compromise that's, the season. That's, that's just incredibly stupid. That's not just I've made a mistake. That's willfully being a whopping great idiot.
0: In terms of, you know, I suppose the the... The media and damien barrett sticking up for the afl well you know mustang muscle cars don't pay for themselves so i guess he's really got to back up his employer oh no is that and, what he spends his money on oh yeah it's you know he's not compensating at all i don't think so anyway he doesn't drive a jeep compass <laughs> like me
1: you're so cool
0: i am with the with the, the dents on the side from when i left that, <laughs> left that gate open and it kept hitting it when i was at work Grassy. And the
1: Nutrigrain littered around the back seat from our daughter.
0: Yeah, well, it's Iron Man <laughs> food. So it's pretty sad that we are led with those two items. I think they're probably the most non-football-related items we've discussed. But it gets sadder mm-hmm. as we delve into the games because the the spectre of diving in a game and, and faking you know for a free kick has come up. Alex Rance, a couple of years ago, got absolutely roasted in the media before, obviously before he retired because... If he dives after he retired, who really cares, right? Maybe. Well, people around him might. I was like, can you get up? Stop throwing yourself on the ground. Pick up your daughter.
1: (laughs) This is my trolley first, all right? I'm not giving it up to you.
0: (laughs) This season, or the last 12 months or so, we've seen some pretty impressive efforts from Gary Ablett. Tom Papley last week was fantastic, and the person who's making the Shooting Stars videos... You're oh my a big fan.
1: God, who is it? I've I don't got to know. give him a proper shout out because I love those videos. I'll look
0: for it and then I'll, we'll give him a shout out next week. But okay. They, they've probably got more followers than us. Screw it. They can I give us a shout care. out. Yeah,
1: they're great.
0: And then last night, Callan Ward, in the dying moments of the GWS Essendon game, attacked the ball with a bloke named Sean McKernan. They both went low and hard. And it looked like there was some contact to Ward's shoulder. To me, it looked. And there might have been a really, really glancing blow towards, you know, his neck, head, area. And he launched himself into space and did a, almost a 360 <laughs> oh, I in the air. That. that was great. <laughs> and landed, got a free kick, kicked the goal, which basically iced the game. Essendon kicked one really late, but they had to kick two in a minute to win it, and it wasn't going to happen.
1: It looked very athletic when he spun
0: around. Now, he accentuated that contact, no doubt, right? He was doing it to draw a free kick, and in the end, it's an intelligent play because he got it. Now, it's hard to... Blame the umpires here They're being told You must protect the player With his head over the ball You must protect the head At all costs And I'm wondering If you have a guy Like Callan Ward Whose nickname is Cement Head By the way mm. Right Bit of a Bit of a thick in the head Kind of bloke In the best possible ways And he doesn't get hurt That that often
1: You're scared of him Okay, keep going Yeah Please, <laughs> please
0: don't come after me And headbutt me or something If he's the one That's Accentuating contact And playing for free kicks What hope do the umpires have? They can't really trust the guy and go, okay, this guy always plays the ball. He never accentuates contact. If he goes down like that, it must mean there was heavy contact. Earlier in the game, the one I showed you, Heath Shaw hit Jacob Townsend in the goal square and it made this sickening crack. That was a horrible sound. It was a great sound. He hit him like he meant it. And Townsend was hurt, went off. There's no difference, really. In what happened to Townsend. And what happened to Ward. Because he went off bleeding from the mouth. So he didn't bleed from the mouth. Because you know the, the breeze blew past him. And split his lips open. He had chafed lips or something. He was hit right in the face. But there was no call in that one. The Both men playing the ball. And Heath Shaw tucked up. Got the ball and knocked him flying. So if they're going to be serious. Why was Townsend not. Awarded a free kick. But late in the game, Kellen Ward gets a free kick for something much more innocuous. I didn't understand that. Of course, you know, the Essendon fans, um, they blame the umpires for their loss.
1: Oh, Essendon.
0: I kind of would blame the fact that they were five goals up and blew it. That would probably be a better excuse. But during that game, you had uh, Connor McKenna. Our uh, bonnie Irish lad. Crybaby. Oh, sorry. Sorry,
1: yes.
0: (laughs) Look at you. Going for the jugular.
1: I'm in a bit of a mood. You have been in a bad mood today.
0: (laughs) And he had Heath Shaw playing on him, right? Heath Shaw hasn't kicked a goal for a couple of years. Now, Connor McKenna, he has... You're right. He's a bit of a crybaby about a lot of stuff. He wanted to go home. You know, He went home for his brother's wedding last year. He got homesick. While he was over there, he played a game of Gaelic football. Didn't tell the club. Um, he's actually been reported for biting someone over here. (laughs) Has he really? I didn't didn't put this in our notes, but yes, he has.
1: Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, Terrible. I mean, it's terrible.
0: And yes, he had that COVID stuff going on earlier in the year. Obviously, that wasn't his fault, but he did go to an open house, all that sort of stuff. So there's a whole heap of things surrounding him that aren't positive news. The best thing he's really done in the last couple of years is kick the ball to himself while he's running. It's called a solo. They do it in... Um, Gaelic football Instead of bouncing it They just pop it up on their foot And kick it up to themselves That's cool Looks really cool
1: Hey Can we have a a, What did Connor do now Segment
0: I like him We've only got like 50 minutes to do a podcast (laughs) I don't know If we can uh, (laughs) We can do that And maintain our timelines Anyway Last night He was playing forward He kicked a goal On his shore, And everything was going Swimmingly Unfortunately in the second half He didn't get a kick At all and the only impact he had on the game was him and Heathshaw had a bit of a wrestle initiated by Shaw. Really smart. So the ball played up the ground. Shaw kind of grabbed him to the ground, had a bit of a wrestle. The ball went up the ground. They got up. The ball came back, and Heath got out the back and took a mark. Now, Conor McKenna obviously has a bit of a temper. And he decided, I'm going to run back here, and I'm going to knock Shaw on his ass." That's fine. However, when the game's in the balance and you're having zero impact on the play, you probably don't want your only impact for the second half to be something ridiculously stupid. So Shaw took the mark. McKenna bowled him over. They brought Shaw 50 metres closer to goal. He kicked the goal, and the gap was closed. Next thing you know, here comes GWS. They kick a couple more, and they win the game. Woo! I don't know why Essendon are persisting with him. He doesn't want to be there. He wants to go home. He's stated it several times. He thinks this will be his last year. I don't, doesn't really want to play AFL. He's homesick, wants to go home. When you have people at your club who don't want to be there...
1: Oh, they make everything awful.
0: They, it does. And he could be the nicest guy going, but if there's an underlying current that he doesn't want to be there and he's not happy, I don't understand what keeping him there is going to do. He's not going to be in the next premiership side because he's leaving. I'd be cutting him loose now. I'd be, I'd be saying to him, Can do that? Yeah, definitely. Oh, I don't think they'll get... They'll still have to pay him. But I don't think they're going to get any, any opposition from him if they say, Connor, thanks for your service. Shake hands. Or at least, you know, touch fist because you're not allowed to shake hands Elbows. anymore. That's the wankiest thing it ever. It
1: is, isn't it?
0: And send him on his way. And then while they're at it, they can send Fantasia on his way too because he's done bugger all for two years for them and doesn't want to be there either. So you clear out guys like him, Fantasia, Joe Danaher, get rid of the people who don't want to be there, and get people who actually want to be at your club. It worked for Gold Coast. They got rid of the people who didn't want to be there. They brought back Lockie Weller from Fremantle who actually wanted to be there. And they built with kids who actually want to be on that team.
1: Does the Essendon team train in Essendon?
0: They used to, but they had a bit of a... They had a plan to buy the bowling club next door to Windy Hill. We drive past it all the time, Napier Street. It's where yeah. you go to the doctor.
1: That's my physio.
0: Don't go stalking her at the doctor, everybody. <laughs>
1: Actually, you're right. We have a doctor there at a physio. Yeah, here. yeah. Hmm.
0: So they used to they used to be their home ground. Lovely old ground. I used to really like going there. And that was their training base. And they had the idea that they would buy the bowling club next door, and expand and have a big you know new training center and stuff. Bowling club been around for hundred years. They're like, we're not moving. Damn no. straight. Yeah, we're not coming. Can Can't get anywhere. rid of a bowling club. So the old blokes dug their heels in, and Essendon ended up setting up a base out in Tullamarine. So they train out there. So they're
1: now Tullamarine.
0: Yeah, bombers at Tullamarine near an airport, you know. That's not great. They're at Tullamarine. But it's a good facility, but ideally they would have had an Essendon base. There's
1: nothing really at Essendon. What do you mean? There's like a physio and a doctor and that's (laughs) it.
0: You'd live there in a minute. Yeah, no, it's true. I just touched on Gold Coast and about their rebuilding. They had the King Cup on on oh, one of these nights recently, the the twins, Ben and Max. Twins. One at each it. end. And at quarter time, statistically, these two blokes were the worst two players on the ground. <laughs> so they hadn't touched the ball, and I think they'd given away a free kick each. And like, that's their impact on the game to quarter time. So it was this big build-up of, oh, it's the first time the King brothers have played against each other. Let's see what happens. Oh, my God, they're both playing shit. <laughs> so... Do you
1: think their mum was just like, oh, no. My boy's playing terribly. And then she's like, oh, kind of good. My other boy's also playing terribly.
0: <laughs> or do you think one of them did something good? She goes, my favourite. <laughs> anyway, we'll get on to those guys a bit later, I believe. You've got a couple of things to say about them. But Dan Butler, his first year at St Kilda after playing for Richmond, he was a fringe player at Richmond in the end. Couldn't really get a game, was a bit on the outer. It was probably their fourth small forward. And needed a new start. So he's gone to St Kilda. He's got 21 goals so far for the year. As of this podcast, he's sitting second in the Coleman medal race on 21. So behind only Josh Kennedy of West Coast, who's not playing this week. Three of his goals on the weekend were... Not the weekend. The week. I feel like saying the weekend because footy's usually on a weekend. Yeah. But the other night were absolutely scintillating. He's so quick, so clean, just perfect kicks on the run for the Suns they had an honorable loss this is the fourth time they've lost to St Kilda by under a goal and I reckon at this stage of the season I'm sure their supporters would like wins but by this time last year they were getting absolutely smashed they were getting knocked out of the park especially in second halves of the games they just couldn't run with people they've recruited Brandon Ellis who was excellent Hugh Greenwood which was who was excellent again and they've uh th- those acquisitions have been tremendous for them. They've given them strength around the contest, a hard runner. But I reckon they both pale in comparison to Butler this far. That thus far this year, he's been the recruit of the year, better than Tim Kelly. Basically, putting that side on his back at crucial times of the game, and yeah, very very impressive valor. Oh,
1: look at you, been in love with old uh, Dan Butler. I had to look at his name there because
0: I was. <laughs> well, Ben <Bam> Butler? <laughs>
1: I was like, who's this guy? Oh, yeah.
0: So something that came up during the Adelaide-Melbourne game during the week, not the weekend, during the week, was the sling tackle. So what's been happening is they're, they're really cracking down on events that could cause concussion. So they've outlawed the bump, basically. You can't run into someone and crack into them with your shoulder in the head anymore. That's done. Uh, they're penalising people now. If you crack into someone and bump into them and your head accidentally hits them in the head even though it could damage you as well. If you elect to bump and you injure someone that way, you get in trouble for that. They've always outlawed the spear tackle, which is when you kind of pick someone up and spear them into the ground head first. <laughs> Did, I, I often, haven't, when was that outlawed? Or 80s, I think.
1: Is Dermot's game have any spear tackles? Duh.
0: No, no, he was more the bump in the head. Oh, okay. kind of play. Mind you, not, no, not casting aspersions on Dermot at all. His bumps were all legal at the time. So the ones that are, that are highlighted and stuff, completely within the rules, line people up, run at them with his body, and use it as a battering ram. Lovely. But the sling tackle has been something that's come in probably the last five years, I think.
1: That's when you spin someone around, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah, we're getting to that. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. good call. Um, so there was one this weekend, or this week, where Alex Neil Bullen, he's got three names for some reason... Uh, He's got four weeks suspension for slinging an Adelaide player named Will Powell to the ground. Now, Will Powell, nineteen years old, Uh seventy-five kilos. Right, Alex Neil Bullen, twenty-something, mature body. And what?
1: Hold on, seventy-five kilos.
0: Seventy-five kilos. I've got twenty kilos on this guy.
1: This guy has six kilos on me. That's right. I am magically sixty-nine kilos. Hello. (laughs) Classic, but. That's crazy that he is now, over, about 10 kilos over what my weight should be. Yeah. That's nothing.
0: No, he's he's a boy. He's 19 years old. He's got a boy's body. He's supposed to be playing outside. He got caught and the, and Alex Nibbley caught him by the arm. What Powell's tried to do then is swing his foot at the ball to try and kick it away, which then causes him to be incredibly off balance. So Nibbley's in the process of tackling him to the ground. He's going to sling him anyway, right? I should make that point. He's not going to just hold him there and be nice and let him kick the ball. His job is to prevent him from kicking the ball, so he swings him around. In the process, Powell tries to throw his foot at the ball, which basically eradicates all balance that he has, because he's going from two feet feet, to one foot. And as a result, he's slung into the ground. His head hits the ground, right? I'm not victim-blaming here, by the way. I'm just trying to give you a picture of what happened. So I'm looking at this, and I'm like... Four weeks suspension for a tackle that indirectly the young fella who got hurt contributed to is an inordinate suspension. It, it shouldn't be that level. I agree that he gets suspended because he injured a guy um, and he performed the action in the AFL saying they don't want, which is the sling. But four weeks, you got guys running around elbowing people in the head, which is an intentional act to try and hurt someone, that are getting one and two weeks. It's not a football act. The tackle is part of football, as, as we've seen at Richmond. Right? <laughs> I was just
1: about to say, you should have, should have grabbed him on his bits. I was just, and, uh, just wanting to see if you were paying that. attention.
0: Then. <laughs> so the tackle is actually a football action. It's part of the game. You need to dispossess the the opponent. Running past someone and whacking him in the head, that's that that should be what you get suspended for four <laughs> weeks for. Yeah. Not tackling someone. I, I reckon a a suspension of one to two weeks would have been... Right to excessive, but four weeks—I have no idea whether Melbourne are going to appeal this. It—it it just seems really, really wrong. I do feel for for Powell's, you know, for Powell himself and for his family watching. He's I wonder, very young. I wonder how much of this comes down to playing kids who aren't ready to mm-hmm. play, right? Because
1: physically, the difference between nineteen and twenty-five is—it's huge.
0: huge. Now you don't want to put him in cotton wool for three years. But what you want to do is you don't want to send a guy out there 75 kilos soaking wet and have him getting stuck in tackles with you know, 85, 90 kilo men who have been playing for four or five, six years and have the capacity to really injure someone. So whilst I don't want to see everybody protected to the point where you know they're an endangered species or something, there's got to be a bit of an onus on the clubs here to go, you know what, this guy, he's, he's tiny.
1: Give him a couple of years. Give him a
0: couple of years, put him in the gym. What the AFL clubs do, though, is they sell hope, right? So a team like Adelaide, they're not going to sell success this year. They need to sell their club on hope. We've got these great young kids coming through. We're putting time into them. We need them to be great. We're giving them a chance now so they can build.
1: Yeah, no good if they've really concussed half their first Very year. Very
0: good. The other thing I think they have to look at is when the action of the player being tackled indirectly contributes to an injury that has to be taken into account too. So a couple of times we've seen a player with the ball tucked under his arm and one arm pinned get tackled. He he has the option to let the ball go. If he wants. Right? They don't do it and their head hits the ground. They've still got the ball tucked under their arm. The other option is you let go of the ball and you protect your head. So the tackler is he's copping a raw deal at the moment, and I saying the tackler in general. Is copping a raw deal. There have been some that I look at and go like, yeah, that's nasty. That's a nasty tackle. It, it looked like the person meant to hurt them. And there was one from Sean Burgoyne just a few weeks ago where he, he nailed Dangerfield. And he threw him to the ground with excessive force. This one, I think, wasn't as bad. It just so happens the guy's lighter and easier to move and threw his leg at the ball so he's off balance and all of a sudden he's on the ground and in a lot of trouble. I'd like to have a look at, and this might be something I do in the next few weeks when I get you know, spare time, huh. possibly yeah. when I'm supposed to be doing uh, my do essential duties for my uh, work, which I'm a permitted worker for, uh, I hope. <laughs> um, I want to have a look at how many players that are getting dumped in these tackles are 20 or under, because I'm not sure they have the core strength to stand up. I was discussing it with one of, uh, one of our other writers last night, and he's com- di- diametrically opposed to me on this. He believes that the young players and everyone else should be protected at all costs and the owner should be on the tackler to take care when tackling. I have to admit, when I was tackling, I took no care. I was like, I want to bury this bloke.
1: Yeah, so that maybe... was a while ago, though. Yeah, it's true.
0: <laughs> so, Although I wouldn't mind just tackling someone you know, <laughs> outside now. One of our neighbours really shits me. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so he comes from a different different train of thought and that's fine he's looking at it like well i think the ball carrier should be protected and i'm like yeah okay cool so you know we kind of got a bit snippy with each other and that's fine because that happens when you discuss in football and we're coming at it from different angles
1: uh-huh getting snippy at someone else as well yeah, yeah you're a, in a pretty bit of a snippy fella you
0: like can only get worse watch out i <laughs> uh, had a look after this at the at the top four teams currently this is prior to the port adelaide richmond game I actually don't think Richmond have anybody who is the, the kind of cutoff I had was okay if you're 19 or 20 and under 80 kilos. Do Richmond have anybody? They play a hard physical brand of football. They don't have these weedy skinny little kids coming in there who can't actually stand up to that that sort of pressure because you know they'll think about the chain being only as strong as its weakest link. They play this sort of defense where they close in from all angles. If they have a player there who can't actually perform as they they need him to, the chain breaks and the the player gets through their defensive setup. So I was looking and they they drafted Thompson Dow this year. Skinny little bloke. He's not playing. They're not playing him. He's not ready.
1: When you say skinny little bloke, I'm assuming that if I saw these guys in real life, I'd think, oh my God, that's a monster.
0: No. No, No. just regular person. Thompson Dow's smaller than me. Because I'm a beast <laughs> Port have got Connor Rosie Who's 20 And weighs 80 kilos Zach Butters Who's 19 And weighs 74 And Xavier Dersmer Who's 20 And weighs 73 Right These three blokes Are fantastic
1: All I'm hearing here Is Mrs. Mungrel, Maybe eat more salads
0: <laughs> Maybe we'll get some feedback On that um, I'm not saying anything And that's quite wise St Kilda One of your favourite teams The team that played the other night, I couldn't see anybody in that team who fit this description. They were all mature bodies. They've gone out and they've recruited mature bodies as well. So I'm looking at them going, maybe they've got it right. You bring the kids through slowly, you give them time to develop. When they hit that 20, 21 mark, you bring them through the team, they're physically able to compete. They're not getting thrown around. Someone mentioned the King Brothers and said, well, what about the King Brothers? Are they not physically ready? They're 202 centimetres. And 93 kilos each. That's pretty big. They're more than ready. They're just very spindly looking because they're 202 centimetres. That's just slightly bigger than you. Slightly. (laughs) By about a ruler and a half. I
1: I hope you're meaning taller. Yeah. (laughs) Not wider. (laughs) That's what I meant.
0: So yeah, uh, in my opinion, they're more than ready. They're playing key forward. They're not going to be like being thrown to the ground all the time. They're there to basically rise above the pack, take marks, bring it to the ground, kick goals. Anyway, I just thought that was a very interesting point And I'll get back to you guys in the next week or two around um, stats, around which which players are getting thrown to the ground a little bit more than, op, more than others. Because if it is kids that it's happening to, more than your, your mature bodies, then the AFL's got an issue in protecting the kids, not just stopping sling tackles. Now, everyone's favourite part of the uh, podcast, Mrs. Mungrel's all-star team rolls on. A bit of a recap for us before we get started.
1: Well, we've got... We started off with uh, Hugh Green Luggage because we've got the two Hughes.
0: McGreenwood, I think, was the...
1: That too. McGreenwood. Well, we've got two of them. McGreenwood and McGreen Luggage. <laughs> um, they just count as one person. They can swap out when they want. Uh, the... Attractive Bailey, the Bailey that's good-looking a- to the boys. Attractive uh, To the
0: girls. <laughs> Look, he could be attractive to, <laughs> to everybody. Everyone. Who knows? Um, he's got a bit of hair he can mm. hold on to, you know? Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say are falling and slipping.
1: Oh. And then we've got Colin Farrell. Patrarca. Kane Farrell, yes. And then Petrarca. Patrarca. Who is my favourite. Yep. We've also got Toby Green, who is another favourite.
0: Mhm.
1: nice to his mum. And Ollie Wines, so that we can have, like... Thymageddon Thymageddon constantly, every game. I like it. Like, even though they're on the same team, they may not be every so often.
0: (laughs) Got it. Good. Maybe they can just run into each other for your amusement.
1: Love it. Perfect. Once a quarter, very happy. Yep,
0: just get confused.
1: Team owner's thrilled. So, this week, I've added in the twins.
0: The Scott brothers?
1: No, no, they've fallen out of favour because one of them's missing. Ah, yes. So, we've added in the king... King Twins
0: The King Twins Yep As one player
1: One player Of course they're one player Lovely It's a good way to keep (laughs) them both healthy Um, Oh yeah good point Good point Just rotate
0: them out No one even know
1: No they both did a rubbish Hey Max I'm Ben They both did a rubbish job Really? In the last games didn't
0: they? No no they come good Oh So Ben King ended up kicking three goals I probably should have mentioned that (laughs) Before (laughs) And Max King I think kicked one But he, he He was pretty good
1: Maybe they spent the first half Just looking at each other Hey, it's my brother. Yeah. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey,
0: yeah, you look a lot like me.
1: <laughs> and then uh, the other one was Luke Bruce, who is a little bit of an unusual pick, since I have no idea if he even still plays for Hawthorne.
0: He does. Well, he was just nice. hurt. He came back last game and played pretty well.
1: But Ruffy doesn't.
0: Ruffy does not no, play for that's Hawthorne sad. Anymore.
1: Anyway, I thought Luke Bruce, he just looks like a really nice kind of guy, like a really nice fellow. That you know, he'd be a safe bet to throw a lovely dinner party when you have to work the next day, so you can still go to work feeling fine. But
0: do you think you'd round up people about ten thirty and go, "Oh well, it's getting late, guys"?
1: Yeah, or just you know.
0: Oh, we've run out of wine.
1: Turn the lights on and just go. Oh well, wow, that was lovely. Thanks for coming, everyone.
0: This is what you're picking teams on.
1: Do you not know me?
0: Yes. <laughs> I, mean... I mean, I like Luke Bruce. Yeah. I'd probably pick him on his ability to fend off and his excellent balance and goal kicking. Yeah, that too. However, his ability to throw a good dinner party probably a a, a less uh, celebrated aspect no, of his football ability. He looks ability. like he could. Oh, I don't know if he can. Maybe yeah. he just cooks a barbecue. It's still good. Oh, oh, oh we've got a special guest. I Aww. forgot to tell you. <sighs> we had a special guest coming in today. <laughs> you didn't. And uh, I'll just let her in mm. here. Hang on a second. Oh, hello, Les. <laughs> it's me, Mrs. McGreenwood. <laughs> it, and you've been talking about my sons. <laughs> my sons Hugh and Hugh. Mm. Yes, they're, they're lovely boys. And I'm very glad they're getting some recognition. <laughs> oh, the the Mongrel I'm Plant Podcast. On? The only one that's been talking about them in a positive light.
1: I love a good Hugh.
0: Well, you know, I named them the same thing. Saves for confusion. <laughs> you may be...
1: Yeah. I'm so sorry everyone.
0: You may be wondering about my accent.
1: And I don't where, know what's I, wrong you. where I with it. Where I
0: learned it. where I watched a lot of Shrek. <laughs> I watched Shrek and Mrs. so i So just been picking it up as a girl. And then <laughs> no, recently so recently hmm. we've been watching Brave.
1: Oh we have. Yeah. More do oh, it's got more
0: do in it. <laughs> but it's got that lovely little girl Merda. And so I, I, I toyed with, with calling one of the boys Merida, and then I thought no, I probably end up murdering one of them. <laughs> so really I just cute. wanted to say thank you so much for for entertaining me and keeping keeping me occupied while the boys are off playing football. <gasps> really appreciate it. All right, bye yeah, now. Okay. Bye now.
1: Okay, thanks, special guest.
0: <laughs> wow, what a wonderful guest that was, Mrs. McGreenwood.
1: One how do the, I get myself into these situations? One of the
0: best guests we've had on in the history of the Mongol Punt podcast. <laughs> You're
1: an idiot. Anyway. Oh, how fun.
0: How do we come back from that?
1: Well, I guess I don't really know. I mean, to continue on with the nonsense, I'm crying. That was
0: shocking. Well, she has that kind of effect on people. <laughs> I've
1: got. Um, Very sincere. I've got two more playing positions. You do? So I started with running half flank midfielder yeah. and back leg pocket. And yes. now I have the
0: jeans, it's called that pocket. Alan yeah. Jeans used to play that back leg pocket. Love it mm-hmm. or
1: not. Now I have wing rock. The wing rock. A wing rock. Is that a thing? Yes it, it is, is now. now. Yep. Yeah.
0: I enjoy it. What what's what, what do they do on the on the field?
1: They have to jump real high mm-hmm. to get the ball like they're flying. That's the wing bit. Wow. Yeah.
0: This is astounding. <laughs> So it's one
1: I'm just imagining our uh, who, list of playing... just dropping yeah,
0: who, who Who's playing wing ruck, by the way?
1: Um, oh, probably Petrarca
0: Petrarca in the wing ruck He can I jump high, it. can't he? Not really No No, that why he's weighing down oh. He's very thick through the hips
1: Well, the, what are the green luggage boys can green, swap in Greenwood out. can
0: play wing ruck Yeah, alright McGreenwood
1: Alright Yes, Bruce? that'll be lovely <laughs> I thought she left.
0: She's on a hook up.
1: Um, and also, the second position I've got is a pulled forward pocket. Pulled. Yeah, pulled forward pocket.
0: Pulled forward pocket.
1: Yeah, I thought of this last night at three in the morning.
0: I don't know what I'm, want to know what you're thinking at three in the morning anymore. <laughs> And there we go. Mrs. uh, Mungrel's all-star team rolls on with a pulled forward pocket. And who's playing that, by the way? Sorry.
1: Oh, look. I think... How about Petrarca? (laughs) All right. He can play
0: pulled forward pocket.
1: He's he's flavor of the month right now. Sounds like a really bad
0: injury. What's wrong with you? Oh, I've got a pulled forward pocket. Ow. Had that happen? You don't want to know. Mrs. Mungrel, (laughs) 3am.
1: Came over. Bit gropey.
0: (laughs) Before we jump on to the run home, right? This week we saw... Isaac Quainer of Collingwood, have the front of his leg ripped open.
1: That was horrible.
0: Now, what's happened is there's been an investigation by the AFL, which, you know, it's probably run by Tweedledum and D the way they investigate things. It's come to their attention that the boots the guy was wearing were not up to spec. Right? So they were non-compliant with the AFL standards. They were using... Oh, look, they, they gave a detailed description of what they were using. But the... That you screw in Were made of aluminium Don't right? the
1: players know this?
0: Yeah, but these are actually widely used Across the AFL So the AFL have put out a statement saying These boots are no longer allowed to be used And Isaac Quayne is there with a 20, 20 centimetre gash In the front of his leg Going, yeah Yeah, thanks guys It's <laughs> amazing Now when, when I played back in the, you know, whatevers um, <laughs> Every time you played The umpire would actually come in before the game And check your boots because he was expecting that I would do something nasty. No, no oh, yeah. that was just basically the standard deal. They'd come in, they'd basically run their hand under your boots, make sure you weren't, your stops weren't too sharp and stuff. they also check your nails.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So you weren't like just scratching up some poor bugger every time you tackled him. I'm guessing that doesn't happen anymore. They're just kind of saying, well, this is a professional organization... They should be using the appropriate shoes and they should be cutting their fingernails.
1: People think we're a professional organization. We're under a bed right now. (laughs) Under a
0: loft bed. And we just knocked down our whole equipment before.
1: (laughs) I love how you say we.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm taking part of the rap because I allowed you to sit there and touch it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, if you were Isaac Coiner, you'd be feeling pretty pissed off about this. I mean, unless he was wearing those boots himself, who knows? But if these are widely used in the AFL, why hasn't this been checked?
1: Also, how, how was he laughing and just so chill about it?
0: He was, actually. like
1: He was, what a beast. I can't even...
0: I, I told a story, or I told a story, I wrote a story in our review of that game. I was chasing the bloke to the boundary line at one point. You know, this is in juniors, I think maybe under 18s or 19s or something. And he slid into a contest to pick up a ball. And I was trailing him because I'm... Fat and slow, mainly. (laughs) And basically he just laid there. The ball spilled out. And I just went and picked it up and kicked it forward. Not a great kick, but a kick nonetheless. And I turned around to see this bloke still on the ground. I thought, oh, what's he done? He must have rolled an ankle or or done whatever. Turns out that one of the gardeners there, or the groundsman, had not replaced uh, a cover over one of the sprinklers. And so when he slid in to get the ball, it's actually just ripped. It was actually his ankle it ripped it all open and stuff And I was like, oh no So just kind of put your hand up And wait for someone on their bench to see And they come running out But I was like, wow It it, it can just happen so easily and quickly I'm really hoping you know, I'm pretty happy that Quino didn't fall on a sprinkler head oh um, <laughs> On one of the professional football grounds But yeah, just remembering that And just this guy didn't handle it very well at all At the time He was uh, in a lot of pain and was Swearing and screaming. But Quina just kind of sat there and was, they were holding his leg together on that stretcher. Like just basically clamping it with his hands and just going so slowly so as not to jolt him. Because that was a. a there is, just kind yeah.
1: of slightly propped Give, up. And giving people the thumbs up. Chill. And
0: yeah, I was, I was quite amazed by that. We might look at the run home. We've got, what's that, seven games to go for each club as of today. Which oh, is. For uh, each club. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Well, I'm not going to go through every one of them. Okay, good. So this week... No. (laughs) No. So I reckon you can put a line through the bottom four. Adelaide haven't won a game all year. They're done. They're toast. The Swans have been alright, but they're not going anywhere. The Dockers and North probably can't make it. A win against Hawthorne for the Dockers is going to give them a bit of a glimmer of hope. They've got the Blues and the Swans to follow after that. Both winnable games. If the Hawks get up, they've got West Coast and Port the next two weeks. That's not going to be good. So, I reckon Hawthorne are hiding to nothing. They can either lose and they're out, or they win and prolong the agony for a week or two. I can't see them making the finals. Big question marks over the Hawks, as I just said. The Blues, D's and Suns. The D's have the potential to give it a bit of a shake. Don't forget, they've got Petrarca. Yeah. But I prefer Clayton Oliver. So, Clayton Oliver last week had 22 contested possessions, the highest amount for the year, I believe. He was fantastic and shut a lot of people's mouths as well. Yeah, so, why don't
1: we go for Melbourne for a bit?
0: No, we're not sadists. We're not masochists. We're not going to do that. That's silly. Hmm. Um, they've got North, Collingwood and Western Bulldogs. I think they're all winnable games for Melbourne. They could actually get on a bit of a run and wouldn't surprise me if in three weeks we're talking about them as possible finalists. On the cusp, you've got the Suns, the Bombers, the Dogs, the Pies and the Giants. Real turning point last night for the Giants and Bombers. The Bombers have got the Suns coming up. This will be a make-or-break game for these two teams. Whoever wins that have a good chance of playing finals. Whoever loses it are gone. So I reckon the Bombers will need two of the three. They've got the Saints and the Tigers after, after this game against the Suns. So if they lose against the Suns, they're done. They're cooked. Lock them in. You can look at Port, Richmond, Brisbane, St. Kilda, Geelong, and West Coast. Really difficult to see those guys Falling out of the top 8 The Saints at 7 and 3 They shouldn't miss out from here They've given themselves every chance To play finals Stranger things have happened They've got the Cats, the Bombers and the Lions In the next 3 games If the Bombers get over the Suns This becomes do or die for the Bombers Against the Saints I'm not sure St Kilda are going to get past Geelong or Brisbane So This is This is go time for them They get one more game Out of the next Let's just say two If they split the next two They play finals If they lose Two of the next Three though You'd be going Uh oh Are they starting to fall back To the pack Yeah One win for them I reckon Is a bare pass Two is great And three If you're a St Kilda fan You start dreaming A little bit big
1: I've been dreaming big Since the start of the season You like
0: the old coach though You don't really know this coach, Brett Ratton, you just kind of adopted St. Kilda, haven't you? Yeah. You really missed a great game, St. Kilda and the Suns.
1: Was I asleep?
0: Yeah. You were out, and our daughter had already made her way into our bed as well. (laughs) So I'm just compounding things. So today we'll be covering both games. We've got Port and Richmond coming up in about half an hour as we're doing this podcast, and we've got Trent Adam-Shields covering the Ds and North, which I'll probably end up watching anyway because... I like to do that sort of stuff. And I believe we're done, Mrs. Mongrel. Thanks to Mrs. Uh, McGreenwood for coming <sighs> in. That was a, a wonderful, wonderful visit. I hope Sorry, she returns. everybody,
1: I will lock her out. I hope time. she returns
0: personally. She's got a wonderful voice. <laughs> I have to say, really attractive, by the way. She's got beautiful, beautiful facial hair. <laughs> oh, And... Um, Yeah, that might do us, I think. (laughs) I was (laughs) going to say,
1: look at what's going on in my own house. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I might leave it there. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Cheers.